I'm Theo. And I'm Juliet. And this is Apologies Accepted. We offer an entertaining look at some of the big issues in history by examining public apologies of the famous and infamous. We're looking at politicians, serial killers, actors, and you. Send us a public apology you would like to make, and we'll read it on the air and give you a chance to redeem yourself, or just get some guilt off your shoulders. We're here for you. Once a week, maybe more if you're really, really sorry. Apologies accepted. The, the podcast. podcast. And I'm not Theo. And I'm not Juliet. And we're here today, not not here, um, to talk to you about our personal lives. So <laughs> <laughs> what's shaking bacon? Uh, well, what's shaking bacon, I will tell you, because <laughs> I have been recording what's shaken to the bacon. It's dumb. I can't I need to drop all that now, right? Uh, I don't I'm even get it. Running that fine. joke into the ground. <laughs> Um, okay, so of course it was Thanksgiving a couple of days ago in our real timeline. It was. It was Sunday, so it, it was two days ago, three days ago. I, it feels like a week ago already. Um, right. Yeah, and it was nice. It was traditional. Uh, we had a friend who came up, and she brought her puppy, and so Henry Aww. got to play with a puppy all day, which was cool. Um, and then James' sister, who lives in Scotland. Yeah. Say all that so that this will make sense, or you'll appreciate how truly funny it is. Okay. Send us a Thanksgiving message. Oh yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh huh. And so it was. uh, It was a very nice cartoon drawing of a woman at a table with a candlestick and some food (laughs) around her and some boxes that are wrapped up, and it just said Happy Thanksgiving to my friends and family across the pond. Right. Yeah. Really sweet. And had it been Hanukkah, it would have been much sweeter because the candlestick was a menorah. The yeah. presents were blue and silver. There was a dreidel on the table, right? Yeah. The woman's like surrounded by latkes. And um, <laughs> yeah, hi, that's that's for Hanukkah, not Thanksgiving. Where that's you have funny. the pilgrims and the turkeys and the, yeah. Right. And so it was just that thing of like, how can the essential, don't you listen to our podcast? You could have learned <laughs> all about all about Thanksgiving. Pilgrims and the Thanksgiving. We, we haven't done any Jewish holidays yet. Hopefully we'll never have to, because that's complicated. Yeah, oi. Um, so that, oh, and then I had a friend who had a birthday party, and she invited me, and I went, because COVID oh. be damned. And uh-huh. everybody's vaccinated and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. um, I am famously known as a poor dresser. Like, I, just, <laughs> I don't care about clothing. Um, uh-huh. And James is a very stylish dresser. Uh-huh. And so he said, listen, you can't go out of the house in jeans and a black T-shirt. You have to, like, you know, wear that's, a sweater that's, and do that's this. That's always, it's classic, though. I know, right? And easy. You just put a leather jacket over it and you're done. And haven't you heard of Steve Jobs? I was going to say Tim Jobs. It's like, that's not Tim his Jobs. first name. No, I haven't heard of Tim Jobs. <laughs> well, he's a very famous computer guy, Juliet. <laughs> so anyway, so I went to this party um, and... I got there early and had to leave early because there's a bunch of our we had a whole thing happening. So I left early. Um, okay. And they were very cool people. They were very cool people. And they were dressed in jeans and t-shirts. 
And <laughs> she was having a nightmare before Christmas birthday party. So it was kind of themed and some people oh, were fun. there in like costumes and, and it was very fun. It was very cool. It was a little intimidated because I was dressed like everybody's elderly uncle <laughs> in my sweater, in my Brooks Brothers sweater. So um, well, I'm sure you look lovely. Oh, I, I look stupid, but it was fine. Right. Um, and so I was leaving and because I was intimidated and because I was leaving early and because that felt rude and because it was fun. Uh-huh. Right. And they were very nice. They talked to me and everything. Like, <laughs> <laughs> had I been them, I would not have talked to me. I'm like, oh, my God, who left the door open? Hilarious. What, nor, uh, one of your neighbors is here. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, I was leaving. And so be, I'll say social anxiety. Right. Uh-huh. And so I fight through it sometimes yeah. by being extroverted. It makes this really large story. So I was leaving and I was like, I want to sneak out, but I can't. So I was like, okay, well, goodbye. And I said, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. It's me. I'm leaving. <laughs> it's my turn to shine. I know it's her birthday party, but it's my moment in the sun. And I am oh leaving. Gosh. Goodbye. Try and have fun. <laughs> and I left. And I don't know if anybody laughed. <laughs> That's hilarious. I think so, oh too. Oh, my God. I would have left, too, after that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But it was because of that that like intense pressure I felt of like, oh, my God, yeah. these are cool people, and I'm leaving early, and I'm embarrassed, and so why don't I just do <laughs> something that's truly embarrassing forever? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that sounds like fun, though. Yeah. Fun party. Yeah, it was good. And then um, on the way home, I was at a stoplight and pulled out my trusty notes app because I had this idea, and it occurred to me that if this happened— I would not be surprised, right? Uh So if a giant UFO came down (laughs) out of the sky, right, like over Manhattan, and the entire world comes to a stop, right? The thing's like 50 football stadiums long, right? Floating in the sky. And then a voice comes out of a PA system from the UFO that says, well, Theo and Juliet, please report to the head office. Theo and Juliet, please report to the head office. I wouldn't be surprised. I would go. I would even be like, what? Like, of course we're in trouble somehow, some way. Oh, you're assuming we're in trouble. Oh, I was assuming they loved our podcast oh, and they wanted to talk to us. <laughs> we're awarding you this gold trophy. Trophy? Trophy. <laughs> well, they're aliens, Julia. Well, they don't know. That's right. They don't know any better. They, they don't know what access. a trophy is. <laughs> they have trophies on their planet. So we would get a trophy. <laughs> I had a full night's sleep. Uh, oh, my God. What made you think of that in the middle of driving home from a party? The light hanging are? in the sky, which was red. <laughs> <laughs> what if that was a UFO? Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that was my week, and that's been everything. And what about you? Because you had a really cool great. weekend. Well, I mean, I actually did something. So I, I went to I went to uh, Fisherman's Wharf and stayed in a hotel, the Kimpton Alton Hotel, which is um, I like Kimpton hotels because they welcome pets, all pets of all sizes, for free. So it was really awesome, um, and it's a really nice hotel too. So and I got like a forty percent discount because they have a Ooh. yearly sale, and I picked that place to go every year. I buy hotel nights at the sale and go wherever last year or the year before we went to sacramento it's probably 10 years ago now who knows but um i mean it's not really exciting places but just sort of mini 
short distance vacations. Anyway, so I got to walk around downtown, not downtown. I got to walk around Fisherman's Wharf and in the in early in the early morning before anyone got up and take some pictures, which were fun, and visit the sea lions, which are on the pier, and sort of check everything out. Get Starbucks and, with the dog, of course, because I go everywhere with the dog. Um, so it was really fun. And then um, on Monday, I got my eyes examined, which was also very exciting. So I did two things wow. in one week. <laughs> I got new glasses, which are very cool. I got sunglasses, and I got uh, the lenses replaced in my other glasses with my new prescription, which is all very fun. So I had a lovely time leaving the house this week. I'm very impressed, and I'm going to say you have to stop doing all the things and leave some things for other people to do. <laughs> I haven't been invited to any parties, but I don't think I would go, especially now with Omicron. Are you worried about Omicron? I'm very worried about Omicron. Karan, I can't even say the name. Um, yeah. Our cousin, I say R because she has the same birthday as I. And so, uh-huh. um, yeah, she's my cousin now, too, officially. So we have the same. Oh, which is great because this is kind of our subject for today, too. We'll be talking about somebody's birthday. Um, <laughs> and uh, she's coming from Britain and pro- maybe not. Oh, really? Because, well, I mean, I'm projecting two weeks into the future when this variant has, like, overtaken the planet. I understand they're already requiring people coming into the U.S. to be vaccinated, which about fucking time, honestly. Well, right. And I don't that's that's been the case. Oh, Uh, hasn't it? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. When they dropped the when they dropped the border. But you know what I'm saying? Like when they when they're like, okay, come in, come in. We need your money. Um, I see. Uh, which happened on November 8th. I know that uh, you had to be vaccinated. So you have to be vaccinated and, or you have to have tested negative, but for right. sure you have to be vaccinated. Okay, cool. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that for, for once we're doing something right. But Yeah. Well, we'll see anyway. what the big O decides to do with our vaccines. Cause it may laugh in our faces. Ha 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 ha. Well, I did hear that um, they, they looked into it some as much as they could in the short time it's been since it was, discovered um, three days and they they're saying that the symptoms aren't really bad of the vaccinated people who get it don't get terribly sick which is thank god it's it's very contagious apparently but you don't get very sick it's even more contagious than delta which is 215 times times more more contagious than classic delta classic delta classic covid classic covid covid classic too many covid variants running around there's too many everything Um, we're up to o now i guess so uh, that's a lot. That's well. We're into the Greek alphabet now, which I, I know science likes to go to, but um, I think it's because we ran out of names, like with hurricanes. Right, right. So, what are we talking about today besides my <laughs> my weekend? The uh, the Omicron virus, which is kind of depressing. Well, um, we're we're technically talking about a very sweet couple. Uh, conservative Christians who had their nativity scene stolen out of their front lawn in 2019, which rude, not nice. Right. And then it was returned with a note of apology. And that's very nice up to a point. It's kind of nice. Right. Um, Right. And that opens the door to speak about the nativity, right? What is it? Where does it come from? What's Christmas? Well, not yes. necessarily what's Christmas, because I went down some rabbit holes, and when I was looking at Santa Claus, and it was like, Theo, Santa has nothing Santa to Claus. do with the nativity. Exactly. That's hilarious. I got into Christmas. I that, 
Yeah. And then... Didn't I send you that picture of Santa Claus over the manger with the baby Jesus? I sent it to you, yeah. You sent it to me? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I love how you're taking credit for... It's me. I do everything. (laughs) Everything funny and good comes from me. Please remember that. That is true. It's very true. And so when you went into Home Goods just to walk around, because sometimes when you're sad, you go into Home Goods to cheer yourself up and walk around, you saw this Jesus uh, manger <laughs> thing. Oh, that's where I saw it. That with, makes perfect sense. Of course. I haven't been in a home goods in 30 years. I've, you know, I'm in it twice a day. <laughs> uh, they're always changing their stock. But anyway, yeah, there was Santa Claus leaning over the cradle, the manger, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, tickling little baby Jesus under the chin. <laughs> and it's like, Santa has nothing to do with no with jesus with this right yeah but then he kind of does we won't really get we'll say that for a future christmas episode but there is there is a jesus santa crossover that could happen because santa comes from um a number of christian saints and so the coolest most interesting that's not about santa this is about santa but our episode is not about santa but the coolest thing i found was um that one of the variants of santa Oh, look, I'm doing a callback to our variants in COVID because, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, clever. Um, as a uh, old god, Norse god, um, I don't think it was Odin. I'd have to, it doesn't matter which Norse god it is, Theo, just like tell the story, right? So he flew on a horse that had eight legs. Oh, my God. But Santa, because uh, let's get real, everybody. No horse eight has eight reindeer. legs, has eight reindeer, one for each leg. Of this god. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Eight legs is too many for a horse. They would totally trip. You wouldn't be able to fly. Well, maybe maybe that's they how you would fly. fly. They could walk. Well, all right. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> back to our topic. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, as Theo mentioned, the, this this uh, family had their had their nativity stolen from um from the uh the god from their yard uh, in 2019 but before that um they had their baby jesus stolen um a couple years in in a row um prior to that um but uh it, it made me wonder how often this kind of thing happens so um uh, in 2008, a baby Jesus was stolen from First United Methodist Church in Kittening, Pennsylvania, and replaced with a pumpkin, which I find funny. And in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, a thief not only stole the baby Jesus from a public display, but also the concrete block and chain that was supposed to act as a deterrent. Some nativity display owners have taken to measures hold to up, secure hold their up, property. Hold up, what, hold up, what, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I just have to work what? with the visual there. Okay, so you have a baby, baby Jesus, right, yeah. in a crib. Chained down, chained to a with block. a concrete block, probably around his neck. I mean, that's <laughs> can't you just make a baby Jesus that's so heavy nobody can lift it? <laughs> can God make a baby Jesus so heavy that even he can't he lift can't it? Lift it? <laughs> <laughs> you think that would that would make sense to make a very heavy baby Jesus? Um, but I don't know. Or make one um, that explodes when you pick it up. <laughs> okay, now this is going in bad places. Keep going. But that um, that reminds me that, that one guy in Indiana stole, uh, he had his baby Jesus stolen, and he said that he wasn't going to um, he wasn't gonna tie it down or, or lock it up because that would be like putting Jesus in jail. 
Agreed in a way. <laughs> totally. They think it's a prank, but it isn't a prank to some of these people. Pennsylvania State Police Corporal Paul Romanek told the Morning Call newspaper in regards to an incident in which 10 nativity scene figures were found in a yard after being stolen from Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Plus, it's just wrong to steal the baby Jesus. Well, can't really argue with that. I mean, on I mean, one I hand, with that because there is no Jesus, but I mean, oh, we'll, well get into can, that. Can so. you steal Jesus? Isn't he already in your heart? <laughs> That's right. Doesn't he belong Supposedly. to everybody? Jesus is everybody's whatever. Um, so whether or not it's wrong to steal the baby Jesus in Albuquerque in 2019, the baby Jesus was stolen from the Thorson family's manger for the third time in four years. But that year, not only baby Jesus was stolen, but the entire nativity scene. So the first theft from the manger was just the baby Jesus statue and Phyllis Thorson put out a sign asking for him to be returned. And he was the next year he was stolen again, but the sign didn't work. She said, whoever took it, I hope they now have Jesus in their hearts, not just in the statue. Perhaps they needed Jesus more. And I'm going to just flag this right here because, Phyllis, I speak passive-aggressive, and so I know what you're actually really saying when you say that. <laughs> you're saying, you hope they rot in hell forever for stealing your baby Jesus. Bless their hearts. What can you do? Exactly. Exactly. So... In 2019, after the theft, Phyllis put out her sign again. Um, but the theft wasn't recorded on the couple's home security system because the camera had mysteriously stopped working that night. But four nights later, the camera showed three people in hoodies carrying the statues back to the yard with a note. And we'll talk about the note later when we get to rating the apology. Um, but this all got me wondering... How accurate are nativity scenes? Ooh. Let's talk about it. Okay, yeah, because I went down a similar... Usually we go down very different pathways. I know. I went down a similar pathway, but I different things really caught my interest along that path. So let's see where you landed. Cool. Well, just jump in and contribute wherever you like. Um, so the Bible does say that Jesus was laid in a manger, but the Atlantic Magazine says that in reality... In- <laughs> Oh, the Atlantic Magazine. (laughs) Which one would you believe? Um, In poorer places like Bethlehem, animals were brought into the lower levels of homes at night to protect them from thieves. So um, the wise men had come into the house, according to Matthew 2.11, and they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. So Jesus was probably born in the first floor of a poorer home. And the Bible doesn't mention any animals being present. Um... And there's no evidence to prove that Mary rode a donkey to get to the wherever they ended up. So most likely she was on a cart or carriage of some kind in a caravan. All right, that's cool. Yeah, I never thought about so, the conveyance of Mary. No donkey involved. Um, the three kings, or wise men, who allegedly visited may have been wise men, but were not kings, even according to the Bible. The Bible only mentions wise men who may have actually been astrologers from the East who followed a strange star to visit the baby Jesus. Well, we won't even talk about the impossibility of following a star through the desert to a single home or the viability of the Bible as a historical document. Uh, The Bible does say that these wise men brought three gifts, but there may have been more or fewer wise men. Only the number and type of gifts is referred to in the Bible. Some Eastern churches uh, say that 12 wise men visited the baby Jesus. Oh, well, you can discount anything that the Eastern churches say. <laughs> They're crazy. 
Um, most nativity scenes in the U.S. show the characters with white skin, which of course is problematic. Um, Jesus was not popularly depicted as white until the mid-1800s in the U.S. Historians agree that Jesus was of Middle Eastern descent, so his family likely had dark skin, hair, and eyes. In addition, Jesus probably wasn't even born in the winter, and there's no biblical reason to celebrate Christmas on December 25th. The Bible says that shepherds were living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night, when in winter, shepherds took their flocks back home to shelter them rather than keep them in the open fields. As late as the 3rd century, Christians didn't even celebrate the birth of Jesus. The earliest discussion of the birthday is in the 3rd century writings of Clement of Alexandria, who raises seven potential dates, none of which is December 25th. The first record of a celebration of the birth of Jesus on December 25th comes from a 4th century edition of a Roman almanac known as the Philokalia. Alongside the deaths of martyrs, it notes that on December 25th, quote, Christ was born in Bethlehem of Judea. The real reason for the selection of December 25th kind of cracks me up. It says that um, it was exactly nine months after March 25th, the traditional date of Jesus' crucifixion, which can be inferred from other dates given in the New Testament, and Christians had developed the theological idea that Jesus was both conceived and crucified on the same date. Not the same day, but the same date. Um, So they set the date of his birth exactly nine months later to the day. And the most important thing about that is that March 25th is my birthday. So that's right. It is. It is. Oh my God, I didn't even think about that. You are welcome. <laughs> so I will say uh, similar research, right? Um, yeah. A little broader than that, according to one of my sources, it was commonly held that people died on the same day they were conceived. And it's like, oh. how could anybody have really ever believed that? Because you could just do some math and figure, but birthdays, the, huh. the date of somebody's birth, um, wasn't as important huh. then as it is today, right? So huh. it was just, you were born and that was fine, right? Uh, it What was more of interest is what you did. Interesting. So, yeah. So people just didn't really track their own birth dates. So it's entirely possible, I guess, now that I'm making fun of them for believing something that's so obviously not true that like, well, if uh-huh. you don't really know exactly when you were born, you know you were born in the summer, let's say. Right. Right. Um, okay. B- sure. So, so yeah, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of differing theological uh, opinions about the date of the birth of Jesus and some of these people will like they'll fist fight you over the date that they've determined is correct but wow. it's sort it's sort of more commonly held as um December 25th based on what you've just said that Jesus was uh executed on March 25th and therefore the reasoning holds that he was conceived in his mother's womb on March 25th fast forward 9 months from March 25th to December 25th it's very fitting that Jesus was killed on your birthday. Well, and that he was conceived on my birthday, too. So <laughs> I, I want to put that in the mix. But my okay. birthday is I'll very important. It is very important. Theologically, All it's Christians celebrate important. it. They just didn't know why. They just didn't realize yeah. it. Yeah. Um, this, so there's not even proof that Jesus was born in Jesus' birth year. According to many scholars, the events of the Nativity took place around 7 B.C., So B.C., of course, stands for before Christ, um, and the Nativity is the story of the birth of Christ, so this means that Christ was born around seven years before Christ was born. 
So then I started wondering if Jesus even existed. Uh, <laughs> the, the Catholic schoolgirl anger. <laughs> well, how could you be born seven years before you were born? I mean, that's that. That's the right. I have to the, raise questions. I have the answer for that. <laughs> what is? I it? have the total answer for that. Okay. Um, okay. So, um. The year is wrong, and our calendar is wrong. The, what? Yeah, yeah. It's actually no. the year 2026, not 2021. And here's what happened, and we can blame this all on a guy named Dionysus Exogus. Exogus. <laughs> Exogus. I okay. wrote it out phonetically. So, Dion- uh, yeah, Dionysus. Exogus, Exogus. He was a monk from the region of present-day Romania in the year 500 or 500s, right? Okay. And he was asked to create a new Christian calendar to replace the pagan Roman one, right? The the Uh Julian calendar. Uh So, of course, being a very devout Christian monk, that's why they were like, hey, you, figure (laughs) out a new calendar, okay? Because we're using this pagan one. And it's not good. We don't like it. It's pagan. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we'll just start with the birth of Christ. Right? Right. Makes uh, sense. And so, makes sense. And and that terminology has been with us ever since. So uh, we still commonly use B.C. and A.D. to talk about pre-Christian slash post-Christian. We even refer to things as pre-Christian in, in terms of era, right? Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. That has, I'm going to get academic here, sorry. That has changed, and we now, we being academians, now say CE, current era, and current era, or common era, yeah. and BCE, yeah. before common era, before current era. But okay, whatever, cool. Right. How, how smart I am. So, so poor Dionysus, um, or happy Dionysus, was asked to figure out a yeah, calendar. He was like, okay, birth of Jesus. And he started counting backwards from the Roman emperors. Because we knew how many years each Roman emperor had Uh, reigned, right? Right. So he got to um, the first Roman emperor who was reigning when Jesus was born, who was Mm -hmm. Emperor Augustus. And Mm -hmm. Emperor Augustus ruled from 31 BC, BCE, to the year 14 AD or C. Okay. Sorry, everybody. I'm just going to say... Uh, CE and BCE, and I know it might be a little jarring for some listeners. I apologize, but I want to stick to that. So, um, okay, cool. Well, actually, Augustus ruled four years prior to becoming Augustus. He was Emperor Octavian. He changed Uh his name uh, for a a variety of reasons, which I won't get into because they're also a little sketchy on the details. Um, But sort of, he became even more important. So as Octavian, he ruled for four years, and then he convinced everybody and everyone around him was like, things are going pretty good. Um, Yeah, you're a god, and uh, everything belongs to you, and you're amazing, and you are August. We're going to change your name to Augustus. So anyway, Dionysus forgot that uh, Augustus had been Octavian for four years previous, and he also forgot the year zero. So huh. our calendar is actually five years off from what huh. he intended it to be. 
So he didn't calculate zero. We went go, we go from one BCE to the year one CE. Yep. Should be a gap in there. Um, yep. And then he forgot the four for when Augustus was Octavian. Was Octavius. So that's why they say Jesus was technically really born somewhere between four and six, four and seven BCE. Right. Um, and it, and so that does make sense. Um, then how important is it? I don't know, but it's great nerdy details. I'm just like, wow, there yeah. was a monk named Dionysus in Romania and he created a calendar and he fucked up. Awesome. <laughs> well, at least the calendar kind of works now. So we're, we're lucky <laughs> that's that the one way. we got. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make the most of it. I mean, you can see how goofy <laughs> it gets when we just change BC to BCE. All of a sudden, I'm yeah. like, I got to apologize for this, everybody. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so did Jesus even exist? So, surprisingly to me, uh, obviously I didn't do any research. I mean, I was Catholic, right? I just assumed that we were supposed to believe that Jesus existed and never questioned beyond that. Um, most historical scholars do accept that a human Jesus existed, although not all events mentioned in the Gospels are accepted universally, not surprisingly. So, standard historical criteria have aided in evaluating the historicity of the Gospel narratives, and two events subject to almost universal assent are that Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist and was crucified by order of the Roman prefect Pontius Pilate. Amy Jill Levine has summarized the situation by stating that, quote, there is a consensus of sorts on the basic outline of Jesus's life, unquote, and that most scholars agree that Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist and over a period of one to three years debated Jewish authorities on the subject of God, gathered followers, and was crucified by Pontius Pilate, who officiated 26 to 36 AD. Apparently, it's also accepted that he had a brother named James, which I have never heard before. Oh, really? Never heard of that before. I think there's a, a reference in the Bible to, to Jesus' brothers and sisters. Yeah, there is something about, although I'm just going to beg you to look who you're talking to. <laughs> I don't know anything about the Bible, but I want to say, <laughs> I think there is something in there and there's no way to ever know. No, there's no way there, to ever we know. We could never know. No, it's a big mystery for everyone. So, but how weird, James. I mean, uh, that probably wasn't actually his name. It was probably, you know, I don't know, something. Jamis. Something like that, but uh, just weird. So anyway, um, in some popular representations of Jesus's birth are inaccurate with three kings that may have been more or less than three or who never existed. Jesus's birth in a stable that was really a house and everybody having fair skin that should be dark. Oh, well, guess what I just found? I found that the New Testament names James the Just, Joseph, Simon, and Jude as the brothers of oh. Jesus in wow. Mark 6.3, Matthew 13.55, John 7.3, and Acts 1.13, 1 Corinthians 9.5. Wow. The same verses also mention unnamed sisters of Jesus because they were just girls. I added yeah, that last bit. Hard to, hard to believe. Um so, someone didn't do their homework in Catholic school. Uh, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't think they ever talked about the brothers and well, sisters of th Jesus. This all gets into, and it, it we'll dive into it as as we move. But this all gets into: was Jesus a man? Right. Well, is anyone saying that he wasn't? Yeah. Well, some people were saying not female, but but human, right? 
Oh, and okay. so, you know, was he a spirit that Ugh. it's a whole, it's a whole thing. I'm and rolling my that's eyes. why we have so many different, um, books in the Bible, because there were so many different approaches to who Jesus was and when did huh. he become Jesus? And what does it mean if he became Jesus or was born Jesus? And what does that mean to you and your salvation? And it becomes this whole thing, right? Um, and, and different cultures, different groups tried to uh, settle those matters for themselves and based upon whichever prophecy your group believed held the most value determines mm-hmm. um, what sorts of books slash letters slash lectures mm-hmm. from priests you mm-hmm. listen to and paid attention to. Right. So, uh, so in our first two, well, when we get into the Bible, we'll get into it. I, I derailed you. There, there's just, there's so, so much. And so I can see where the brothers and sisters of Jesus weren't that exciting in terms of the Bible. It was probably really exciting to be his brother or his I sister. Bet. I mean, probably in a bad way. Well, yeah, probably because he was he, yeah, he was considered a criminal and and he was he executed was put for that. Put to death rather painfully. Yeah. Uh, and I have to stop so. there because that's about the extent of my knowledge of Christianity. Uh, <laughs> or to like, oh. Talk about not doing your homework. <laughs> um, okay. So that's all I have about the Bible, and and um, I, I'd like to let you talk now. <laughs> no, uh, if you you're not allowed to do to that. Say. I know you've got way more. Because <laughs> <laughs> the next thing I have is about the apology itself that okay. Russ and Phyllis got. All right. Well, um, yeah, I've got some fun stuff on Russ and Phyllis. I was like, ooh, who are those people? But, ooh, cool. um, but I, I'll get a drag us through first century Christianity very quickly. <laughs> um, so as I was lecturing, there were many different groups and many different um, thoughts about what does it mean to be the son of God, right? And and there was this question of if Jesus was born as a God, uh, straight out of the womb, born as a God, then right. does that mean that humans cannot ever reach salvation because we were born men. And if Jesus was born as a God and experienced life as a man, just lived on this plane, then uh-huh. did he really experience life? Right. 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 It's right. like being uber wealthy and eating at McDonald's once. And then I understand right. poor people. So, <laughs> so got that. And then there was another, um, thought, another, uh, way of viewing, Jesus, which is that he was born as a man, but right. immaculate conception or, or what have you, right? And th- even at the time, there were questions around that, but but whatever, right? Jesus was born as a man, and then he becomes God at a certain point. And yeah, that's what I was taught. Well, so that became the more traditional, more comfortable way of looking at Jesus, because that allows our own salvation because we're born men too. We born men, and then we, born men. we die gods, right? We become. We can go to heaven or whatever, right? So, so the question was: Was he always a god, or did he become a god? And if he becomes a god later in life, that actually has got to mean something, right? And so, therein lies all the reasons for the apocrypha, all the 
books that did not get put into our under our Bible, right? Right. Um, and those books are fucking fascinating. It's super interesting, and they're really cool. Not because of the theology they talk about, but because they really shine a light on what it means to have lived in the year 100. Mm-hmm. Right. Phenomenal. Super cool. Super interesting. The things that that tore at people's uh, souls. Right. Mm. This idea of can a God be born a man? What does that mean? Right. So whatever. Cool. Um, so the Bible starts with the Old Testament and then more things were added under the New Testament because of Jesus. Um, Matthew and Luke, who are the two authors who in the Bible are the only people to mention the birth of Christ, um, were possibly written in the 80s or 90s common era. They're not the earliest writings. The earliest writings go to the letter of letters of Paul, which were written in the 50s, and the Gospel of Mark written in the 70s. So it wasn't until about 50 years after Jesus, uh, probably 20 years after he died, that anybody mm-hmm. sat down and wrote anything. Everything was just right. oral tradition. And right. sure, this was a culture that didn't have common writing. And so oral tradition was was the vehicle through which stories were transmitted. So their oral game was pretty tight. Hi, you're welcome for oh, that. God. Thank you. <laughs> um, but so Mark, uh, which is the earliest gospel, doesn't mention the birth of Jesus at all. For him, Jesus becomes Jesus at baptism. In Mark and John, Jesus becomes Jesus later in life. He's not born Jesus or not born a God. Um, So we already dipped our toe into this first century debate. Was Jesus born first as a man and then inhabited by a God or born a God and experienced life as a man? Uh, There was another very similar argument that tracks along with that, which was, okay, you want to become a Christian, you need to be a Jew first. So, hey, pagans, you want to become a Christian? Well, first you have to convert to Judaism and you have to live your life as a Jew because that's what Jesus did. And you could imagine how many converts that one. All right, you want me to join your religion, but first I have to do this other religion? Um, Weird. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm just going to keep worshiping this tree. That's an incorrect quote. (laughs) That's right. That's right. so, okay, cool. That's it. And it, I mean, on, a, on one hand, that sort of makes some sense, right? I can see that. Oh, in order to become a Christian, first I have to become a Jew. Sure. All right, cool. Um, the, there's also this idea out there. So the first books of the Bible really just talk about, the earliest books of the Bible, I should say, just talk about Jesus as like an adult. And it's not until about 30 years later that we get Matthew and Luke, and suddenly they're talking about the infant Jesus. Well, there's one thing we know, and it's that children like stories about other children. Mm. And so the Jesus cult Mm -hmm. had some legs, hard to believe, Mm -hmm. but yeah, Mm -hmm. it, it survived. And you started having first and second generations of Christians. And so these children's tales explain to children in a way to like get their, they're almost, I'm going to say cartoons. They're, they're first century cartoons, right? So baby Jesus is, is needed because now you have Christian children who need to be able to relate to what you're going to tell them. Right. 
Um, So, all right, cool. And I'm not saying that that's the one, or they're not saying that that's the one reason that these things were, but it's, it was a benefit, right? It it, it served an additional purpose. That's very interesting. I never would have thought of that. Uh, neither did I. And I want to thank the scholar whose work I just ripped off. Um, <laughs> okay. So Matthew tells a very straightforward tale, right? He begins with the lineage of Jesus. And then in Matthew, it's all about Joseph. Joseph finds out that Mary is pregnant and he decides he's not going to marry her. But then he has a dream and an angel in this dream says, listen, she's really a virgin and you're going to marry her and you're going to name the child Jesus. And Joseph marries her, um, but they have no marital relations until she had born a son, right? And that Uh answers a question right there to first century Uh uh, Christian slash converts. And that is by no way can a human man have ever been involved with the birth of Jesus because even Mary's husband, didn't have sex with her until after the child was born, right? Right. Purest to pure. Allegedly. Alle- well, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say, may God forgive me for the joke I'm about to tell you in about a minute and two. Um, okay. So within Matthew, there's nothing about a revelation to Mary, right? There's no shepherds. There's no angels singing. It's the wise men. And it's the wise men who are important to Matthew because most likely he is concentrating on one aspect of prophecy, which is all the nations of the world will bow down to him. And so he needs to show somehow, some way that all the nations of the world did bow down to Jesus at some point in time, right? And that time happened at birth. Um, Mm. And Mm. so that's why He's not talking about shepherds because that's just not the important aspect for him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get into the shepherds when we get into Luke. So Matthew is only about the star, and he's only about the wise men, and he is only about Joseph, right? Um, and so the wise men, as you mentioned, there was no number of them, uh, see the star, and the star was probably, they think, uh, Jupiter rising in the uh the constellation of Aries. And at the time, Aries was understood to mean Judea because of the ram, right? Oh. Um, yeah. So when they saw Jupiter, which was the star of kings, rising in Aries, they said, ah, there's a new king born in Judea because of astrology, Weird. right? Crazy. Um, well, I, they believed it. They believed it yeah. enough to, if they believed it, right? If it happened, if, I mean, if, if, if. that's true, right? then there you go. Because, sure, let, you know, we're going to go with like, okay, this is all true. We'll just say, we'll just say that, right? But really, it's not. It, these are stories that serve a purpose, that prove right. a truth, right? Right. And so here's where we're going to take a deep breath, and I'm going to introduce a Greek concept that we may maybe have talked about before, which is called aletheia right? And aletheia simply means the essence of truth. What's uh-huh. happening doesn't have to be true, right? but if it conveys a message that is true, then it is true, Okay. right? So the parables, 
which I don't really know a lot about, right? I'm more comfortable with Aesop's fables than I am with the parables of Jesus, but uh-huh. I understand there's some parables in the Bible. Like the water and the wine and the bread. Is that a parable? Because I thought that was a yeah. thing that actually happened, but okay. It's a parable. I mean, it doesn't mean it didn't happen, It's but it's a parable. Well, I'm going to believe you because you went to Catholic school much longer than I did. This <laughs> talked in about the third grade. You can see the reason why. We cannot <laughs> teach that, Dad. Um so it doesn't matter if Jesus actually turned the water into wine, right? Because mm-hmm. whatever the essential message within that might have been, which is, I don't know, about hospitality. I don't know, right? Right. Yeah, that, yeah. I don't know. it, But it's the essential message that's true, right? The water and the wine, incidental. Doesn't who, matter. Who cares, right? Right. Um, and, that, and this is the way the Greeks handled their gods. Does it, is Jupiter really, Jupiter, sorry, Zeus, is Zeus really living on... Mount Olympus. It doesn't matter. What matters is that Mount Olympus is so tall, you'll never get to the top of it to find out. Um, I have hijacked this, so we're going to keep moving. Um, Okay. So the wise men come to King Herod and they say, where's this child who was born the king of the Jews? For we have seen a star and we've come to pay him homage. And King Herod's afraid because, oh my God, there's a competing uh, competing king, right? Uh Um, Mm -hmm. And so... He asked them where the child is likely to have been born, or he asked people around him, where was the child likely to have been born? And they all give him the prophecy that says Jerusalem, and Herod sends the wise men out uh, to towards Jerusalem. He tells them, oh, you'll find that child probably in Jerusalem. Um, in the story in the Bible, the star disappears when the wise men are with King Herod, and they don't see it again until they leave King Herod. And that's a way within the story of just highlighting how evil Herod is. Right? I was going to say, wasn't he the one that had all the babies killed? He is the one who had all the babies killed. And so why did he send the wise men to visit Jesus? Well, because pay- the wise men were going to track Jesus down, or baby Jesus, because this is all baby Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Right. So the wise men were going to track baby Jesus down and then come back to Herod and tell him, Oh, we found him, and he lives at 123 Brown Street. (laughs) And then Herod was going to go and have killed. But so what happens is, um, and I'll I'll quit looking at my notes so I can just move this along faster, because I just find everything fascinating. Every comma is, you know, Mm -hmm. made of gold. Um, So the wise men go to Bethlehem, and they find the house, right? And it's a a house, not a manger, right? And They go inside and they see Jesus and they give him the gifts. And then they have a dream and the angel tells them, hey, uh, don't go sing, don't go sing, don't go see (laughs) King Herod again. Don't sing any songs about him either. (laughs) And so the wise men say, we're not going back to uh, wherever Herod lives. So they put a lot of stock in their dreams, these people. They Well, prophecy, right? right? God speak to people through prophecy. And so, um, so the wise men go back to their home country, which is never specified. There's a lot mm-hmm. of apocryphal writings about the wise men and how they came from China or they're from Iran. There was right. a lot of guesses, right? Right. Um, and cool. So the wise men go home. It, this is all just like in the Bible, right? Go home through by a different route. So yes, they don't go right. home the I same way. So they're hiding from Herod, right? Yes. Um, there's there's some discussion, this will show you how crazy it can get, that the expression um, went home by another way, which I think was the literal translation of it, means 
by another way of thinking they had converted to christianity right that uh, ev- okay everything that touches jesus has to convert people to christianity has to show people <laughs> the truth and the light right because right because all of these stories simply exist to prove that he's true and yeah. and valid and real right they're reinforcing earlier prophecies so with um with the wise men going to uh with them being wise men there was a whole thing about Zoroast- zoroastrianism zoroaster right uh, zoroastrianism. Which, thank you zoroastrianism uh i still can't say it uh, <laughs> and the wise men were possibly of this sect so zoro can I just say Zorro? Because yeah, sure. Because they were the uh, the astrologers, right? Yes. So so the wise men may have belonged to a sect out of Iran or Persia, uh, known as Zoroastrianism, which is how it's known and spelled in my notes because I didn't bother to type it all the way out. <laughs> and they believed in all the gods, all of them, right? But that wow. there was one god that was all good and all powerful. And that god was named Ahuro Mazda. And he created everything. He even created the one all-powerful evil god, right? He created everything. And the one all-evil god that he fought with regularly was Ungra Manu. Um, These were similar beliefs to the Jews. The Jews believed in one god, right? Uh Did they just count the other gods? No, they're just their god was the best god and really the only god, right? Right. and both religions believed in an apocalypse and a final judgment. The Zoroastrians believed that a Messiah would come and that his virgin birth would be heralded by a star. So oh. the Magi are needed in this story because uh-huh. they are of a belief that's similar to Judaism, right? So it's more correct to think of just one God. And right. they also have a thing about a virgin birth, right? So... Aha, even the Persians believed that Jesus was Jesus. Um, Luke adds a lot of stuff, right? And it's within Luke that we really start to get the Aleth- this idea of Aletheia, right? Were there really yeah. shepherds? That doesn't matter. What matters is the truth that Jesus is the king of, of everybody, right? Right. So in this, um, Mary is the central figure. Joseph is almost invisible, there's uh, women play a very important role throughout Luke. There's a prophet named Anna. Um, there's music. We get the hymns, the Benedictus, the, I'll mispronounce it, the Magnificat. Magnificat. Magnific, Magnicat. The, <laughs> that, that the cat, cat that everybody likes. Um, and uh, it, it's a lot of the stuff we're familiar with, right? There's no genealogy in the beginning of Luke that comes at the end. We start with, and I'm just going to read straight from my notes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be all over the place. Uh, but I think they're funny because I was really writing shorthand. We start with the conception of John the baptizer, then the conception of Jesus and the Annunciation. Um, this is much more about Mary and is the more familiar story that we know. An angel comes to her and says, hey, you found favor with God, and tells her how great her son will be and that she should call him Jesus. Reiterates that Jesus is a descendant of King David. I'm going to stop right here just to say that within Luke, what's most important is this association with King David. And, okay. and 
Yikes! Who was the early one? In Matthew, uh, we have it that what's important is that all the nations recognize and that and that Zoroastrians come out because they they believe in a virgin being born, and so this other religion comes and says your guy in your religion is mm-hmm. their guy, right? Mm-hmm. That's extra mm-hmm. extra proof. That's like frosting totally. on the cake, right? There you go. So he reiterates that uh, Jesus is a descendant of King David. And Mary says, um, no, this is impossible because I'm a virgin. And the angel, so Mary says, no, there's no way. How could this happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. (laughs) Now, I had to stop with my internet (laughs) research on that because I was like, that's a really brutal way to describe things to a virgin. There's no way they're just that blunt about it. There, There is no way. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the Bible and Luke. And uh, somewhere like 118 to 41, I don't really know what those numbers mean, but I'm on page 1762 of the Harper Collins Study Bible, which was a gift given to me by my professor when I took a summer theology course. Because he was like, God, you need some fucking help. Um, (laughs) Okay, so Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come. straight out of the Bible. The Holy Spirit will come. <laughs> Stop it, Theo. Grow up. This is childish. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most... I mean, at that point, who cares? But <laughs> the power of the most high will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son and this is the sixth month for it, blah, blah, blah. She was barren. All right, cool. And so what the angel is saying to Mary is, listen, you're going to have a baby because the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And, and to prove that this is going to happen and that we're real, go see your old cousin Elizabeth because she's so old and she's so yeah. barren. But she's, she's preggers. And when you <laughs> see that, you're going to know I'm telling you the truth. And so Mary goes and she sees Elizabeth and when Mary says, hey, I'm here, John the Baptist, the baby inside old cousin Elizabeth, uh-huh. quickens. He, he kicks, right? He, he kicks. feels him inside. and then Was Elizabeth married or did the Holy Spirit come upon her too? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I'm not looking for a roommate in hell, so clean up your act. Right? Um, yeah i believe she was married to an old man right okay okay and so um mary says basically okay i'm a servant of the lord what will be will be and then uh the baby uh and mary's old cousin kicks and elizabeth says blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb and Mary, Jesus. Jesus. Well, in my version of the Bible didn't say <laughs> Holy Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God. <laughs> Take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Uh, and so anyway, here's Elizabeth exalting Mary. And Mary says, 
essentially. Yeah, it's a surprise to me too, but it's God, so what are you going to do? I don't deserve it, but I'll do what God wants. Um, then there follows a lot of stuff about John that's really boring. Um, and then comes the, and so all of this is in Luke, right? And then comes this announcement of a census and, hey, we're going to be counting people and you've got to go to your hometown. And so all the nations of the Roman world, this did not happen. There is there, there is no record of this ever happened. There's record of a uh -huh. census, but uh -huh. it, for the census, it's just like today, you don't have to move back to your hometown in order right. to be counted. You just, you just report. You just do it. You yeah. Just, yeah. You just fill out the form here, but whatever. So, um, but there's a reason why Luke needs people to move, right? Because he's got, um, let's see here, Nazareth in Luke and Journey. Okay, man, sorry, my notes. So, uh, well, I'll just, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. How's that? Because it'll make more sense as I read it. Because right now it's just like all over the place. And I'm going to stop that. Um, all right, so there's a census, and uh, Joseph has to go to his hometown from Nazareth to Bethlehem because he's a descendant of David. And again, we get this reinforcement of this lineage to the house of David. It does not matter uh, in, the, in the Hebrew world that Jesus may have had a father that wasn't Joseph, right? Mm -hmm. What mm -hmm. matters is that he's been accepted into Joseph's house. Therefore, he is a family member of Joseph, and therefore, he is a family member to King David. Um, okay. All right, cool. So so they move from Nazareth to Bethlehem, and, he, um, and then she gives birth in Bethlehem, and they laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. The angels appear to shepherds. Um, who are afraid, but the angel says, great joy and all that. The shepherds go and they find Jesus and they tell Mary and Joseph about the angels. Well, King David was a shepherd, right? And so when the shepherds come, this is reinforcement to the association with King David, right? Mm -hmm. the, the, even the shepherds recognize, right, that, wow, this is God. Um, all right. So differences between the two narratives. Um, we have Nazareth and Luke and a journey to Bethlehem. In Matthew, they live in Bethlehem and Jesus is born at home and they only go to Nazareth after fleeing to Egypt. Um, so there are just prophecies that mention Nazareth mm -hmm. and Bethlehem. And so these stories need to place Jesus in those locations so that he can truly be a Nazarene, but of Bethlehem. Right, I see. The bit with um, the bit with Egypt gets into, and I'm not. I won't drag you down this path, right? But there's a there's an overlay of the Jesus story and the Moses story. There's a lot of similarities, and it's because a sect of Jews that were beginning to appreciate Jesus as the potential Son of God, maybe the Messiah, right? They need that carryover from Moses. There's got to be something they're familiar with. So okay. Jesus is the new Moses, is what oh. all of these things say. Jesus okay. was in Egypt okay, as a child. Gotcha. And then gotcha. he left, right? Oh, well, Moses had to flee from an evil king. Moses fled from Pharaoh. And then 
Oh, yeah. And then Moses Lefty. Okay. All right. This tracks with what we understand about Moses. This feels like it could be holy. The same thing happened mm-hmm. to Moses. It's got to be the the new prophet, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Let's see. Uh, I've lectured about all of that. And then you covered the first mention of Christmas. Um, the second mention of Christmas appears in the mid 300s. Of course, this is mentioned in writing uh, in a Roman almanac that lists death dates of several Christian bishops and martyrs. The first date in this is listed December 25th and marked as Natus Christus in Bethlehem, Judea, right? So it's my Latin, ha. Huh? Um, Birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so there's some questions about like, all right, so we we covered the year, like what when year was Jesus born? How did it get messed up? Um, so what about this day? What I think tracks the best is this idea of you're conceived on one day and you die on the same day. And so do some math. And when was somebody born? Given that the birth was not an important aspect of the Jesus story, people yeah. were more focused on when's he coming back? Right. 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 Not, right, right. When did he get here? When's he coming back? Yeah. Um, much like when I went to that party, nobody was focused on <laughs> when I got there. <laughs> Which was when early. It's when, yeah. Um, all right, let's see here. Let me just see if any of that's interesting. We'll say no. We'll say no. We'll say no. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it done. I'm gonna say, lucky you. You have survived another lecture. <laughs> that's all more than i ever knew about jesus so it's way Very more than i ever oh. knew about jesus and it's the stuff that i find really interesting because it's like i don't i don't want to believe any of this right? right i want it proven to me and i don't you know right. yeah i mean right totally just need it to be real that's all it's got to make sense yeah, yeah otherwise why bother and that's the way god made me and so he's got yep, so to need right. somebody to ask those questions <laughs> Here I so am. we need to we need to um, quickly uh, talk about the apology. Yes. So back to the Thorsons and Russ and Phyllis Thorson. So if you recall, um, if you recall Thorsons, at all, the Thorsons had their nativity stolen from their yard um, in 2019, and uh, their cameras caught the image of three people in hoodies carrying the statues back to the yard with a note and the note said dear russ and phyllis this letter was written to offer the deepest apology one could muster this action wasn't done out of malice or prejudice and had no political ethnic or religious reasons it began as a prank that went too far although words can only go so far hopefully you can find it in your hearts to forgive such acts again the deepest and most sincere apologies God bless and have a Merry Christmas. You know, it's just occurring to me that I think they wrote that themselves. <laughs> anyway. Oh, hey, no, I thought you meant the thieves wrote that themselves and didn't have a PR no, agent involved. I think the Thorsons wrote that, but maybe not. I must say, I, it wouldn't be a big surprise. <laughs> that didn't occur to me until you said it, but now I'm like, Okay. All right. Because yeah, it's an awfully good apology for three hoodie, three three hoodlums and hoodies. It's a very very nice apology in the form of a printed note. And I get yeah. you're not going to use your own handwriting if you stole yeah. something and you're going to take it back. 
I'm sorry, do you really have to leave a note? I mean, we we did have the kid that stole all that Halloween candy who left a note. Yeah. But that note it. was in handwriting. Yes. Yes. Um, anyway. So I don't know. I don't know who wrote that. But anyway, so let's evaluate the apology. So was there an expression of regret? Yes. Uh, they said it began as a prank that went too far. There was an explanation of what went wrong. Same thing. And an acknowledgement of responsibility. Um, there was a declaration of repentance where they referred to the deepest apology one could muster. Uh, Which isn't a word that kids use. Muster. I know. I know. Yeah. Uh, and they and they said they thought they were young because they moved easily as Quickly. opposed to the Thorsons who are probably older and understand what it's like to get old and not be able to move so quickly anymore. Well, and how weird that their camera wasn't working the night it was stolen. Stolen. Ooh, you're saying the whole thing was set but up. It's, well, I'm starting to build, just like the Jesus <laughs> story, I'm starting to bring my own needs into it and then overlay <laughs> them onto the facts that are known to create a story that vibes with what I think about um, our friends the Russ world. and Phyllis. <laughs> well, and, and the world. Yeah. But also them. Yeah, them. Good old Russ and Phyllis. So there was an offer of repair because the statues were returned, and there was a request for forgiveness um, when they say, hopefully you can find it in your hearts to forgive such acts. So the apology, as an apology, I will rate this apology a 10 out of 10. I think it was a very good apology. Oh, all right. Look at you. Um See, I gave it a 7.5 to 8. Oh, yeah? Right. So yeah. high, high, right? Yeah. But I think as I was thinking through it this morning, as I thought through it this morning, um, mm -hmm. it would have been better if they'd apologized in person. Well, they probably didn't want to get arrested. Well, but you're bringing it back and it was a joke and nothing was hurt. So, okay, yeah, you're okay. going to arrest me for stealing your... Your lawn things that you left out there with no cinder blocks or chains on them. Haven't you heard right. about the baby Jesus? You should have just left a note saying, please steal. Right. So. Uh, All right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it is it is a good apology and it's great that they brought it back. Um, yeah. It's not cool to take things from people. I know I've had stuff stolen from my yard. Nobody left me a yeah. note and brought it back. Um, yeah. And if they had, I would have thrown it away because it's like, I don't know what you did to it. Exactly. I don't know where that's been. Right. You could have rubbed things on it. <laughs> I knew that's where you were going. <laughs> I know. It just crossed my mind. They stole a statue of the Buddha. But okay, whatever. Um, and so, so yeah, um, I did look at a couple of other articles about this same story because um, mm -hmm. it seems to be the only thing that's happened in that town because mm -hmm. there's like three... Art. It made the news. It made yeah. two of the local news stations. <laughs> right? I mean, guys, just sit Slow at a stoplight. You're going to catch people running through it. Uh, yeah. I mean, wow. But, okay, cool. Whatever to live in a nice town like that. Um, uh, Russ and Phyllis were first surprised by the note because Phyllis has an unconventional spelling of her first name. Right. She uses one L, not two. Right. Right. But Phyllis forgot that she left a big note on her yard and a dry eraser board, right? It's like three feet <laughs> tall by two feet wide that she signed with her name. Oh, So Phyllis, Phyllis I'm going to say mystery solved. Yeah. There, right? Yeah. Um, and Phyllis, by the way, your phone number is also on the internet because when I Googled you, it pulled right up on the first page. Like your full oh, wow. phone number. And it was definitely you. And I wow. thought about calling 
Because I was like, I want to ask you about this hat that you're wearing, Russ, that says Gorilla Ball on it. I don't (laughs) know what that is, but it feels like a message in a way. And so what's up and what's wrong with me that I'm seeing messages and hats, right? (laughs) But uh, I'm going to say in another, uh, well, actually one of the news clips on the local news stations, Russ Mm -hmm. is wearing a red hat that said, Mm -hmm. finish the wall on it. Oh, man. The wall had two L's, unlike his wife's name that only has the one. (laughs) Oh, so we hate the Thorsons. They can go to hell. Well, I'm going to say in that way that Phyllis said about whoever stole that statue obviously needs Jesus in their heart more than I do. (laughs) Maybe not. Phyllis, Russ, I hope you have a lovely day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they're conservative Trump-supporting Christians Ooh. and um, I do, who then went on to say, well, clearly they didn't say clearly. They said we think the stuff was stolen because we're conservative Christians who you know have a Trump flag in our yard and we support gun rights and we have signs in our yeah. yard that say we support gun rights. And I'm like, first of all, you guys that stole the nativity set from a guy that supports gun rights, you are dumb yeah. as fuck. You're yeah. begging to get murdered. Do not um, go on their property. Not worth it. And then also Phyllis and Russ, nobody cares that you're conservative Christians. Nobody's targeting you and stealing your nativity. If they want to fuck with you, they're not going to steal your nativity set. They'll, I don't know, steal your mail or throw eggs at your door. Some stupid things like that, right? This was just, they were driving around. They saw your stuff. I know because I was this teenager. Driving around, uh-huh. nothing to do. Saw a thing. <laughs> thought it'd be funny to take that thing and do something different Took with it. it. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many... Things we have stolen off of other people's yards and put into <laughs> other people's yards. And oh, thought it was just, yeah, we thought it was so funny. We stole, <laughs> you know those construction sites that have yeah, um, yeah. the blinking yellow thing on it? Mm-hmm. And I don't know, whatever it stands on. We stole yeah. one of those and we put it in somebody's driveway. Oh, man. Yeah, Durham, North Carolina. <laughs> Any of our listeners. You were bored. Oh, Totally. There was nothing to do. Durham, North Carolina says it all. Yeah. But yeah, seriously. so it was, you know, I totally believe it was a prank. Um, the interesting thought that they may have done it themselves to get sympathy. For attention. Yeah. yeah. You need to get that message about that wall out to the public. How can we do, let's right. get on TV? Whatever the gorilla <laughs> ball is, I have no idea. But the, the self-satisfied smile that he has wearing that hat. Um, oh. And I've done some Googling and I'm just going to say, Careful with your search terms, kids. <laughs> well, I mean, if you Google Gorilla Ball, you're yeah, not going to get pro- anything you want to well, see. Gorilla Ball racist, <laughs> Gorilla Ball Trump, right? Gorilla oh. Ball, whatever. And um, yeah, not fun. Oh, okay. All right. Oh. All right. Well, we're running out of time today. So let's see. Do you have any who's sorry now or I apologies do. expected? Okay, I have good. a who's sorry good. now. It relates to the nativity. And so... Ooh, fun. When I was a child, when I was six years old, we went to my grandparents' house, which was a big deal because we lived really far away. And uh, we got to their house and they had a nativity set under the tree, which was Mm -hmm. the size of me. It was so big. Wow. Yeah. I loved it. And they had it out every year. It was something they got as a wedding gift. They were married on Christmas Eve. Um, Yeah, sweet. War. War. Right. And and my grandmother, like Mary, was... uh, A virgin. Was a virgin who was pregnant with child. Oh, my God. Yes. A miracle. I I did that math. Um, (laughs) So anyway, uh, whatever to all of that, 
um, after my grandparents died, the family was like, what do you want? And I was like, I'd love that, that nativity, nativity set because I just remember it. It doesn't, it was something from Woolworths, right? It was uh -huh, not uh -huh. some family, it wasn't important. Not valuable. Yeah, not really, right? Well, uh, sure, we'll send it to you, no problem. And uh, we'll box it up and great. Oh, you know what? I can't get down to UPS today to get it out to you. Um, oh, okay, I'll do it next week. We are 15 years after the fact, and I am still mm -hmm. waiting. Um, wow. I did ask about it 35,000 times. And oh my God. was assured that like, oh yeah, we'll get to it next week. We'll do it next week. So it hasn't happened, and I'm sure it just got sold. And they're like, oh, probably. you know what he's like. He's going to forget about it in a week. <laughs> he never forgot about so it. So my family owes me an apology. <laughs> I want that nativity set like Phyllis. <laughs> it's a real story it just tracks with Aww. our yeah i know i know and what's going to happen is one of my family members is going to hear this and then we'll get another thumbs down out of warren pa probably yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay what about you I will laugh and laugh i have an apologies expected Ooh. um i found uh, a woman named C carrie barasa who's a canadian medical researcher um, she became the nation's top voice on indigenous health, and she was kicked out of her job and her university professorship after suspicious colleagues investigated her claims of Native American heritage and learned that she was a fraud. Mm. So, shades of, what's her name? What's her name? I can't remember her name. Oh, uh, well, there's the Rachel who, Dolezal. Yeah, and Rachel Dolezal. Then there's the other of. professor uh, whose name I forget, and... Uh, Jessica Ferg, but no, that wasn't the name. Yeah. Don't, don't send hate no, to the, anybody by that name. Um, <laughs> yeah, but there, there was the other one, uh, the, our forbidden uh, program that we recorded and then couldn't I release because we were all person. over the place. Yeah. <laughs> forbidden program. Um, so Carrie Barasa was suspended as scientific director of the Canadian Institute of Health Research's Institute of Indigenous People's Health when the CBC exposed her claims of Native heritage were false. And I am expecting her to apologize any second now. Oh, let's follow up on that and then do that one. I'm sure we will. Great. <laughs> and there'll be nothing that goes wrong with it where we can't release it because we'll say everything perfectly. And we'll be, Absolutely. Yes, perfectly in line with that, with our own beliefs. Yes. So speaking of perfect, that ends another perfect episode of Apologies Accepted. The podcast. The podcast, yay. So thank you, everyone, for listening. We're very grateful. Uh, thank you for downloading and giving us thumbs up or five stars or whatever it is people Even do. the I thumbs even down know. means something to me. Even they... the thumbs down makes us laugh. Yes. So, well, though, we prefer thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So they make us, us laugh more. Just to make us laugh. Right. <laughs> and have a wonderful week, and we will see you next week, same time. We'll talk to you next week, same time, because we won't see yes. you. We won't see you. This Bible episode's got me on to literalism now. <laughs> All right, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Apologies Accepted, the podcast. You can find links to the articles and the sources in the show notes. To submit an apology or find out more, visit us at apologiesaccepted.net, where you can also find our merchandise. We're on Twitter at Apologies Accepted. And on Instagram at apologies.accepted. You can support our important work at Patreon forward slash Apologies Accepted. And fuck Facebook. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>